Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 20. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of the letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. We're in Matthew. We've been, we've been talking about through Matthew a little bit for the last few weeks. The lectionary uh, has been taking us... For those of you who don't know, a lectionary is... There's kind of a set... Uh, three-year cycle of the scriptures that we're given to preach on. And uh, I like to use it because uh, if I don't use it, then I pretty much preach on three scriptures over and over again. So, uh, you know, the lectionary is a kind of a discipline tool for myself. Plus, uh, if you went to some other church, not all of them, but if you went to some other church, they might be preaching on the same text. And that's kind of fun. You can get online and compare Pastor Curtis to a bunch of other people, right? And realize how lucky you are. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, the lectionary uh, has been taking us through Jesus' calling of his disciples in Matthew. And uh, uh, a few weeks ago, we heard Jesus extend the invitation uh, to all of those guys down by the seashore to come and be fishers of people, to leave their nets and come follow me, said Jesus, and invited them to that, uh, to come and follow Jesus. And they did follow Jesus to Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan, chapter 4 tells us. And then they hear what we ha have come to call the Beatitudes, they're called up into the mountain, and uh, Pastor Ellis, I praise you, thank you so much for filling in for me last week, but Pastor Ellis uh, preached to us about the Beatitudes, and uh, we are told in them that we are to be blessed, uh, and that we are blessed when we are poor in spirit, we are blessed when we mourn, we are blessed when we are meek. We are blessed when we are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. We are blessed when we are pure of heart. We are blessed when we are makers of peace. And we are blessed when we are persecuted. A revelation which I'm sure was of no great comfort to the disciples at the time. In fact, this whole list seems like things that you would normally not want to be associated with in your life really I have to be meek to be blessed I'm not sure I like that idea but this all has the effect of changing charging the disciples not changing them as well but charging them to live differently 
in the world. Come, follow me, and if you do, the expectations of how you will live are going to be a great contrast to the world we live in now. If you live this stuff out, you will look very different from the rest of the world out there. Jesus doesn't sugarcoat it. Living out the kingdom of God puts one in such a place as to think it doesn't even make sense. The meek are blessed? Really? How does that work? Because it doesn't look like that in the world I live in. That's because the kingdom of God is a very different place. And today, that discussion again builds on this call to be disciples of Jesus and suggest to the disciples that the ultimate effect of this choice to follow Jesus and to live differently, the ultimate choice they have made makes them salt and light in the earth. You are salt and light, they are told by Jesus. Let's talk about salt a little bit. Salt was probably one of the most important things to the world at this time in first century Greco-Roman world. First, it preserves food. You couldn't really keep meat around very long unless you had a lot of salt to help preserve it and many other things as well, fish and, and all kinds of things. So the only way they could keep enough food around to feed all those people, the only way you get big cities like Rome is if you have salt. And, and are able to preserve enough food to feed everybody. The other thing that is maybe even more significant for us today is that it adds zest to whatever it is you're eating. It brings out the flavor in food. Now, I want to tell you, too much and your cholesterol will go up. So, you know, don't get carried away with this. But uh, you need a little salt in, in stuff. I like it on my french fries and my steak. You know, I made oatmeal uh, yesterday. And when I made oatmeal, I forgot to put salt in it. And you could tell the difference. I'm like, something's wrong with the oatmeal here. And I put a little pinch of salt in it, and it tastes more like oatmeal. Right? That's what salt does. It, it brings out the flavor that you're... It enhances the flavor of whatever it is uh, you're putting the salt on. So that's, that's an important thing for us to understand. And so when Jesus says to the disciples, you are the salt of the earth, He is saying that by their following Him and living differently as he described it in the Beatitudes, they will enhance the life of those with whom they have contact. The people that come into the disciples' lives, the world around them will somehow be preserved and made more flavorful, taste more like it's supposed to, taste better because of them. That's the effect of their discipleship and their choosing to live differently. And Jesus warns them, however, that it is when they forget this living differently part that their role becomes less salt-like. And in fact, they become like salt that's lost its flavor and no good for anything. In other words, their ability to be salt stems directly from their discipleship of Jesus Christ. You are salt of the earth, but you're only salt of the earth as long as you choose to follow the ways I'm teaching you and live differently like I've been telling you to. 
Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Light that is meant to shine. It's silly. It's silly to have a light and then you know, put it away, hide it away somewhere so that it only shows underneath the door. Of, you, know, you, can't, you can't really get much help from the light that way. Light is meant to shine. It helps people see in the darkness and it exposes that which cannot be seen in the darkness. This is also a byproduct of following Jesus and living differently. Jesus charges them, His disciples, do not hide this light that shines from your discipleship, but let others see it. Be out there doing the good things you do and let that light shine a little bit. In other words, live differently out loud. People need to see the kingdom of God in you or they will never see the kingdom of God. That's kind of what he's getting at in this, in this second part. If you go back to living or trying to live like the Pharisees and the scribes, you're going to miss out and no one is going to see the kingdom of God in you because no one has seen the kingdom of God in them. And when Jesus says you must be your righteousness must be more than that of the scribes and the Pharisees. What Jesus is essentially saying is, you know what, the scribes and the Pharisees, they're righteous people. They are righteous people who live according to the law and they do it well. Man, they know that law inside and out. We could never, and fishermen, fishermen are never going to compete with scribes and Pharisees in upholding the law. But if you follow me and you live differently like I'm telling you do, if you live out that kingdom of God in a way that everyone can see, your righteousness will be shouted from the mountaintops because you won't be able to hide it and it will surpass anyone who's trying to live it by following the letters of the law and spending all of their time worrying about the minutiae of whether picking a head of grain is work or not on the Sabbath but instead what will be seen is a righteousness that declares the kingdom of God is one where all God's people are cherished and loved your righteousness, if you live differently and you follow me, your righteousness will exceed that of those who choose to just try and follow the laws. And so be that light that shows that to the rest of the world. So this text comes to us today. Here we are. Those who chose to follow Jesus or, or are exploring what it means to follow Jesus, who are trying to make sense of the world through the teachings and life of Jesus Christ. Here we are who gather here are, are trying to you know, live this stuff out. Here we are who are asked and have been asked by Christ to also live differently. We also are told to hunger and thirst for that right relationship with God. That's what righteousness means. It means that you are in some kind of right relationship with God. That, that you and God are simpatico. You, you've got it worked out together, right? And to make peace where one can make peace. And to be willing to hear others in our meekness. To make room for someone else to be right. For a lot of us, 
me, that's hard to do. But, you know, a little meekness goes a long way to helping other people be heard and understood. To yearn for more of God's Spirit. To long for more of God's Spirit. To be poor in spirit. And to be honest and forthright. That is, pure of heart in our interactions. And to be willing to be seen as strange for it. We don't get enough persecution these days to really make that make sense. We could use a little more persecution. But in lieu of that, uh, to be, you know, quite frankly, if, we're, if people look at us and go, really? You're Baptist? What? Really? Because that's, that's strange what you do over there at First Baptist. I would have never expected that. If we're doing that, if people are saying that to you, we're on the right track. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Be a little strange for it. This is our job, to live differently. And the effect of our ability to live differently in the world that we live in is that we, too, are called to be salt and light. Individually and collectively, we enhance and we illuminate every time we choose to follow Jesus and to live differently than the rest of the world. You are salt when you pray for someone you love like we have here today. And you are light when you ask others to pray for you. When you're struggling, and you know what? Stop trying to be perfect. Go ahead. Ask for prayer. I need prayer because I'm a hot mess. Uh, and go ahead and ask for that. And uh, that You're light every time you do that. Every time you do that. You are salt when you give time to someone who is in need. Whether it be working for three weeks in the, in the eye clinic in Haiti the, with our American Baptist missionaries or giving five minutes of your time to some homeless guy that 50 people have just ignored. You are light when you raise your children to do the same thing. Amen? You are salt when you take time to work in a soup kitchen. And you are light when you advocate for issues affecting the poor and become a voice for change and stand up for justice and the folks who don't have a voice of their own. You are salt when you can look past the differences that you see in other people. Race, color, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation and such. And you seek to connect with the person. And you, as our brother and our prophet MLK said, when you judge someone based on their character. You are light when you refuse to stand by and allow injustice to continue unabated. And you say, this is not way, the way the world should be. You are salt when you bring a kind word, a hug, a grip of the hand to one who is struggling. And you are light when you join in making space for that struggle to happen. We all struggle. We all need that pinch of salt. And we all need a light that gives us hope. Amen? We as a church, collectively, together, we are salt and light when we struggle. But when we do it in communion, with others in this sacred space we call church. Amen? We are light when we invite others to come to God on their own terms with us. We are salt when we add our effort to any group, any group out there that is making the world 
a better place. And we are light when we do good for the sake of doing good and without any other hidden agenda. I am so, I am so ashamed of those churches that try to lure people by pretending to do good things, but really what they want is your email address so they can bug you, right? You know, we as a church have said we are doing good just for the sake of doing good, and we are light every time we do that. Amen? We are salt when we say that no matter where you have been in this life, or whatever kind of life you have led, or the sins that you think will shock us, you are welcome here. And we are light when we come alongside as someone learns along with us to live differently. We are salt when we seek to grow in our connection to God through Christ. And we are light when we do it as a church, as a community. You know, I, I know there's a lot of folks who, who love to experience God out in the wilderness or you know, in the garden or wherever it is. But I tell you what, it's not nearly as impactful as when we do it together. One hour, one day a week. But it's more than that, isn't it? It's about coming together and letting our light shine so that all the world can see that we are different and that the kingdom of God is different. We are salt when we finally give ourselves over completely and we let go and we let God we are light when we can let the fact that we are not perfect go ahead and show a little bit let others see that they don't have to be perfect either sometimes I don't think we fully grasp what God is trying to do here with us at First Baptist Church sometimes I think that we are under the impression that this church is about helping people feel good and trying to figure out how to take care of this poor old building. And you know what? We are a place that tries to help people feel good and we do have to take care of this old building, but we are called to be salt and light. We are called to be a city on a hill. We are the flavor enhancer. Amen? We are the preservative that keeps faith alive in this city we are the ones called to do the good works that are a lamp that shines for other people in this place us you and me we are the ones if not us then who others are being salt and light too i'm not taking that away from their ministry out there but no one else is doing it the way we are doing it we are unique first baptist church we do not if we do not do it our salt and our light will disappear. We have a chore. We have a task to do. We are the salt and light that this city, I promise you, we are the salt and light that this city is waiting for, longing for, begging for, even when they don't even know it. Amen. Thank you. It's okay to say amen once in a while. There is a gravity here that brings an imperative you are called today to be salt and light. And it is crucial in this time and in this place that we come to embrace this role in this world that we have been given. I, 
I feel like sometimes that God has been preparing this place for this moment for a long time. But the world is hurting right outside our doors. The world is longing for the things that you're longing for. And it is my prayer that they find their way here so that we can fulfill that longing together. There's plenty more room yet. And if we run out of room, we'll make more room. Amen? But, but we need to carry our light out there so that we can spread a little salt because the world is hurting. They need the things that we need. That sense of connection to God and to one another. To know that we're loved and beloved children of God. To know that there is a place where we can work it out in our hearts and be embraced and supported and affirmed for who we are. We must live differently. We must choose to follow Christ and the effect of that that we are salt of the earth and light to the world. Why would you ever want to be anything else? Let's pray. Great and loving God, who is our light, who adds such wonderful flavor to our life, who is our source, who teaches us to follow, who shows us that by living differently we will know life abundant and full. May we not hold this to ourselves, but live a life that is an invitation to the world to experience the new life that You're waiting to hand out. Help us to embrace this call on this day and in the days to come. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.